Hello, I'm Annabelle Sacker, and this is Really Wellness, a podcast dedicated to giving you better free access to information, education, insight, and guidance on healthcare from some of the best and the brightest in the health and well-being industry. Welcome, welcome to the first ever episode of Really Wellness. Um, as it's our, our first week, uh, the first episode of our first season, um, I wanted to, to kind of start this well-being journey that we're about to go on together with a real bang, um, and pun fully intended for this episode, by tackling a subject uh, that I think a lot of us find a little bit taboo um, and certainly can be quite controversial in mainstream culture. Um, but a subject that I think, uh, especially as women, but also as men, is really, really, really important to our well-being. Um, and I know can have a transformative effect, both kind of physically and mentally on our health. And that is the subject of pleasure, particularly self-pleasure and masturbation. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce a very, very special guest, um, Polly Rodriguez, a pioneer in female pleasure um, and someone who I have been looking forward to talking to and connecting with in a really long time um, and who I think will kind of really highlight for all of us um, the way in which self-pleasure can play a big role uh, in our health on so many levels. Polly, I don't know if you want to start by giving a little bit of an introduction to Unbound Babes um, and kind of how you differ from other sexual wellness companies. So Unbound is a sexual wellness company. We make, well, we design, manufacture, and sell over 50 different products that span vibrators, lubricants, condoms, and accessories. And the goal is really to be an online destination that makes shopping in this category both accessible from a pricing perspective, we really focus on affordability, but also accessible with content and education um, that kind of falls between the dichotomy of super medical and at times um, a sterilized approach to sex, and then conversely, like super hypersexualized sex. And so for us, it was kind of, we wanted to build a place that sat in the middle um, where it was relatable and approachable, and um, but also was fun. What? inspired you to to found Unbound Babes and, and kind of begin that journey? It's definitely not the company I thought I would have ended up starting. Um, but when I was 21 years old, I went through a stage three colorectal cancer diagnosis that resulted in needing to get radiation treatment to shrink the size of the tumor. And before radiation started, my doctor sat me down and said that as a result of the radiation beaming through my reproductive organs, I would never have children, but that was all that they mentioned. And so it wasn't until I was about a month into treatment that I found I was going through menopause. And I went to shop for lubricant and a vibrator at the suggestion of a good friend who was a nurse. And I ended up at a Hustler Hollywood in my hometown in the Midwest here in the States. And it was just one of those mortifying shopping experiences that always stuck with me. It was really overwhelming. You like walked in and there was a woman with like, you know, a, in a onesie crotchless stocking and, you know, like that's not to say like, that's great, but it was one of those things where at 21 years old, I just felt really embarrassed and overwhelmed. And so I think fast forward at this point, 13 years later, and we wanted to build a company that really had 
medical grade silicone, really body safe components. And that made shopping for these products online very easy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of the backstory on, on why I care so much about the category. It's quite interesting you talk about that sort of first experience of going into a, a sex shop because it often is really, really intimidating for people um, and kind of quite taboo and a little bit scary. However, I do think that there can be a lot of kind of uh, empowerment and, and awakening in self-pleasure, especially for women. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more around where you see a link between that empowerment and self-pleasure and what you think that is, what you think that it can, it can do for women. Well, we only have to look to history to see that sexuality and pleasure more specifically has been something that's only been available to a small group of people, typically historically white cis men. And so denying different marginalized groups the ability to have pleasure has been a tool that's been used to oppress marginalized people for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so I think for women in particular, we still are debating, you know, whether or not they should be allowed to make decisions over their body when it comes to abortion or whether healthcare should cover birth control here in the United States. And, you know, women's bodies since the dawn of time have just been regulated by men. One of the final frontiers that the initial women's liberation movement didn't really cover was this belief of um, sexual autonomy and, and the right to um, have sex and to enjoy sex and to not have to be ashamed of it. I mean, we see erectile dysfunction ads everywhere for men um, and we treat that as, you know, a necessary health component. But for women, for some reason, unless you are trying to have a baby, sex is really treated as this taboo subject. And so I think as women increasingly take ownership over their sexuality and their pleasure, there are ties to how that, you know, affects the rest of your life. If you can demand what you want in the bedroom and, and be able to speak up for yourself, um, and know what you're worthy of, that transcends to other aspects of your life. It's not to say that like you have to have one before the other, but I think that like we have all these discussions about equality and, and the gender pay gap and all these things, and we don't talk enough about the orgasm gap and that 40% of women report chronic difficulty achieving orgasm during penetrative sex. And so I, I do think that it is the last frontier when we think about equality. Well, I think... In order to, to create equality, we need to establish ourselves as sexual beings as much as, as men are sexual beings, but within our own right, rather than just being sexualized. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that kind of leads on to sort of questions around uh, our mental health, as well as kind of the physical health that comes from kind of sexual wellness. Um, and I wanted to ask you how you think that self-pleasure can, can impact our well-being on both that kind of mental and physical level? So often sex is defined, especially at least where I grew up, and I can really only speak from my own perspective, but like you learned about sex through the lens of having heteronormative sex with another man. Like that was how you learned about sex. No one taught us about masturbation. No one taught us about the clitoris. Like these were just things that I learned much later on in life. And I think that when sex is dependent on a partner and through their definition of it, you're denying yourself your own definition of what is my relationship to my body. And like, you know, that's a very kind of like ambiguous response, but there are also, you know, the scientific studies that show that 
when you orgasm, which you can achieve through masturbation, most people can't, not all, um, that releases, you know, wonderful chemicals. It, it decreases the stress chemicals in your brain. It increases oxytocin. It um, increases serotonin and it flushes out cortisol, which is what cr creates stress. And so it certainly isn't going to fix any like underlying mental health issues that a person may have, but it is a way to feel a little bit in control over being able to give yourself a release of chemicals that do feel good. And I think the main thing that we have to overcome is the stigma associated with masturbation for women. But um, the mental health effects and the positive effects on your body are, are very proven and very clear. Have you, through kind of exploring self-pleasure, both in your business and obviously on a personal level, um, seen kind of more benefits over time, both within yourself and through your customers' feedback? Absolutely. I think being open to the different types of products and and incorporating them into my life definitely has made me a happier person for sure. I think one of the most encouraging trends I'm seeing with our customers is mothers writing in um, wanting to buy a vibrator for their daughter who is, you know, usually between the age of 16 and 22, um, which is, you know, I started having sex when I was around 15 years old. So if somebody would have bought me a vibrator ahead of time, I would have I just feel like I would have been so much more informed and, and in control of my body. And so to see kind of this next generation of mothers acknowledging their daughter's sexuality, I think is something that is really encouraging to me. Um, and also we just see a lot of gifting. We see a lot of friends buying their best girlfriends, vibrators. We see men that are coming on the site buying products for their partners. And so I think that there is a changing tide in terms of people being encouraging um, to the people that they love in their life to experience pleasure. And I think over time there has been kind of a, a, a breakdown in some of the barriers and, and taboos around self-pleasure. But unfortunately, you know, they do still exist. I come from England, right? We're, we're well known for being very uptight here. People don't always kind of talk about those things. And my mother certainly never spoke to me about masturbation, self-pleasure. It's, it's something that I've only discovered later in life. And, and I wanted to kind of, I know we've touched on it, but kind of explore a little bit more why you think there's so much taboo still, despite being kind of as liberated as we are in the West, Western world around masturbation, around self-pleasure. Um, and what you think that we can do to kind of break down those barriers, get rid of that taboo and, and embrace our sexuality. I mean, it's hard not to be cynical because like when I first started this company, I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't realize like if I went to go open a bank account, I would get turned down. Or if I wanted to take out an ad on Facebook, I wouldn't be allowed. Or if I wanted to use QuickBooks for our accounting, they would not let me open an account. And the amount of institutional shame like, you know, there's the stigma and the judgment of the, and the feeling of like, am I different? Is this weird? But then there are also like the legitimate barriers that exist today um, where, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is like, there are a bunch of old white men that are in charge that are writing the rules and they're writing the rules to say, yes, Viagra, go ahead and advertise. Oh, lubricant for women going through menopause, not so fast. And that's the reality. And it's the reality that you know, erectile dysfunction and a man's ability. Like you can't tell me that like an 85 year old man needs to have an erection and that that's a health concern. And if it is great and I'm happy for that, but then you also have to accept that like women wanting to have an orgasm while having sex is also a health concern. And 
And so I think that the double standard exists, unfortunately, because old white men, at least in the United States, old white Republican men are afraid of women having autonomy over their bodies. They're, and I mean, that goes back to the dawn of time. Like it's, it's always existed as a, a mechanism to keep women down. So I think that stems largely from religion. It stems largely from Christianity, really feeling like masturbation is something that is wrong, especially within Catholicism. It's this belief that you should only be having sex to procreate. And I think that those are just really outdated beliefs that most of us don't adhere to. Um, so yeah, that was a big whole global <laughs> policy. Um, but those I think are some of the reasons why unfortunately it is still taboo. We're afraid of women owning their bodies. Absolutely. And, and I think the comparison that you draw between um, kind of the adverts that you see for erectile dysfunction, for example, versus never seeing any adverts in kind of, you know, popular mainstream culture around, uh, you know, female objects of self-pleasure or kind of any female sexual, uh, like sexual health issues, for example. And, and women go through many, if not, you know, a vast amount more of, of kind of issues to do with their health and sex than men do. Um, you know, we have a very complicated physical mechanism with men, you know, in many ways it, it's a lot easier. And it's bizarre that considering with such a high proportion of the population, we're just not talked to about these things at mm -hmm. all. Um, and, you know, our best bet is, is kind of WebMD or, or Google, and it's not really the best source of information. Mm -hmm. um, although, you know, like you were talking about in relation to your customers, I do think there has been a little bit of evolution. Um, and we are sort of slightly more able to talk about these things, but it's still kind of sensationalized, if you will, mm -hmm. rather than being kind of a normal practice in our day-to-day -day lives. Um, however, something that kind of I've seen recently in relation to, to kind of lockdown, especially on kind of social media, there's a lot more chat about kind of being, being alone with yourself and taking that as an opportunity for your own pleasure. And I wanted to ask you whether kind of the, from the perspective of, of your business, you think there's actually been a rise in people, you know, purchasing uh, products for that reason um, and kind of taking this as an opportunity to, to have their time to experience more pleasure. Yeah, it's been wild. Um, this is usually our slowest time of year. Um, our busiest time of year is from like right after Thanksgiving here in the States, all the way through Valentine's Day. And the like spring going into summer is usually by far the slowest time of the year. And it's been our, we had our biggest month ever last month. Um, sales were up 60%, um, which has been crazy. Um, and I think, I do think it's because people are in isolation and they're stuck at home. And right now, given the way COVID works, the ability to go out and date and meet other people people and have sex with new partners is non-existent. And so people are one that are not in relationships while they're sheltering in place, exploring other ways to experience pleasure, which I think is fantastic and wonderful. Um, and two, I think people are stuck at home. And so they're looking for other forms of entertainment. We saw a similar thing during the economic downturn of 2008, where when people can't travel and they can't expense other forms of entertainment, go to the movies or, you know, go out to dinner, they're looking for other forms of entertainment. And so 
act, the actual like adult industry is inversely correlated to economic downturns. So we actually do quite well when there's economic downturn, as does liquor, as does cannabis. Um, most of the vice categories are, which I don't believe were vice, but um, they are, you know, recession proof businesses. I think that's fantastic. You know, there's been a lot of conversation around how, you know, people can use this time productively and, and what's more productive than discovering your own body and, and what makes you happy and what makes you tick. Um, for kind of people out there looking to explore that a little bit more about themselves, what are some kind of key steps that you think um, that they can take, women in particular, to improve their relationships with their, their bodies and their own pleasure? I think there are a couple like small steps you can take. One is like carve out time and space for you. That is like leave your phone in a different room if you can, uh, if you have multiple rooms where you live. Um, if not, just turn it off um, and like set aside that time where you give yourself at least like 30 minutes. I mean, for some people it's meditation, for some people it's masturbation, for a lot of people it's both, but the opportunity to just reconnect with yourself touch yourself, um, use a vibrator or use your hands. It doesn't really matter. But like we live in a world in which we're so constantly mentally stimulated by like our phones and our computers and our TV and Netflix and all the things that just giving ourselves 30 minutes to like keep the lights on or turn the lights off and just touch yourself and, and really ask like, what does feel good to me? And like, where do I feel a sense of release and what can I explore? And there are a lot of amazing content websites out there that are creating great stuff. There's Dipsy, which does um, erotica, audio erotica, so like a podcast a la porn. Um, and they're doing like one month free right now. Um, there's Make Love Not Porn by Cindy Gallup, which is like real couples having sex. Um, there's Erica Lust, who makes amazing adult films um from more of a lens of like what women would want to see and so there's also a lot of stimuli out there that you can incorporate um if that helps but i think right now the most important thing is we just have to be kind to ourselves and easy on ourselves because there are all these reports like couples are having all this sex and da 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 and like i think that there's this inclination to feel like well i don't feel that way and so like what's wrong with me and it's like so to your point so much of this is sensationalized and so i would say like just be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself. Like if you don't feel like masturbating right now because there's a global pandemic, that's a hundred percent okay. Um, but it's also okay to give yourself 30 minutes to, it doesn't have to necessarily even be masturbation, just giving yourself a self massage, putting on lotion, um, doing things that allow you to reconnect with your body, I think are, are small little things we can do that help. You know, it's wonderful to have this time to yourself and, and to focus on yourself. Um, I also think it's really interesting that you mes mes uh, mentioned uh, self-massage. You know, I was listening to, I don't know if you've heard of The Authentic Sex. If not, highly recommend it to you. It's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful podcast about, um, well, about self-pleasure um, and sex and kind of our relationships to our bodies. And one of the things that they recommended to kind of help you a get in touch with your body but b kind of feel more comfortable was to kind of stand in front of the mirror and just kind of stroke yourself or massage yourself with oil so that you really get accustomed to your body and what you like what you don't like all the different sensations so i think that's a really really key point um and also the um 
you know, the resources that you mentioned. I love Erica Lust. I think she's an incredible director. Um, and there are other great things out there. Like, I don't know if you've come across um, Furley. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, and I thought it was so cool that you mentioned meditation and self-pleasure because they actually do combine that. Um, and that's a great, great resource for anyone sort of out there looking for inspiration. And, and I know we've touched on this a bit now, but I just wanted to see if there, if there were any other things that you, you kind of rely on that inspire you and, and you would recommend to people in terms of resources for kind of sparking one's own self-pleasure. I mean, I think it depends on if it's like a spectrum of sexual education versus like pure pleasure content on like more of the educational side. There's a really great uh, company called O School. It's just O.School started by Andrea Baraka. And they have a lot. They do have some pleasure focused content as well, but there's a lot of educational stuff there. Um, A lot of people like OMG. Yes. Um, That's another favorite uh i also like i just you know i think personally and i'm not even just saying this because i make them i do think vibrators are wonderful um if not unbound there's dame which was which alex fine is one of my dearest friends they make amazing vibrators uh, a company called mod started by eva guagacheva and they make amazing products um there are a lot of women feminine non-binary people in this space right now that are trying to make content and products just more accessible through better design, better materials and better content. And I think like a lot of the ones we listed here are some of the best ones that I've seen out there. In the context of your own products, um, what are kind of your most popular purchases? What do people seem to love? It, it varies so widely because everyone has different tastes and interests, but our number one bestseller is our Bender Vibrator. It's called Bender because it's really pliable. And so for a lot of people, when it comes to stimulation, if they're buying a vibrator for the first time or if they're masturbating for the first time, they actually don't know if they prefer external or clitoral stimulation or internal or anywhere else because you know people with vulvas have nerve endings that vary so widely and so based on where your nerve endings are that's where you're going to feel the most stimulation and unlike men where it's fairly uni- and when i say men i mean people with penises so i'm making broad generalizations here but people with penises their their nerve endings are, are very uniform whereas people with vulvas it is very wide and varied so um people like bender for that reason um, lubricant, we have a, a vegan organic lubricant that doesn't have glycerin. You want to make sure when you're looking for a lubricant, there are three kinds. There's water-based, oil-based, and then like, uh, a silicone-based, and then they're hybrids. Um, you definitely usually want to go with water-based if you're mixing it with toys. Um, oil, you can't really use with condoms. Silicone's really great uh, for like anal sex, but you can't use silicone lubricant with silicone products. Um, and I forgot the other one that I mentioned. But anyways, we make a water-based lube that's called uh, Jelly that does really well. Um, and then a lot of our accessories do do quite well. Like a lot of the introduction BDSM products. When Fifty Shades of Grey came out, there was this huge surge in demand of of people that were curious in trying BDSM. And so we came out with a line of product that is really accessible, like handcuffs that you don't need the key for and um, just different stuff. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And for women who who are kind of new to sex toys, um, uh, or even just new to the concept of of kind of self-pleasure and how to go about that, are there any toys in particular 
um, or products even that you recommend as kind of a good starter? We make this um, product called O to Go, like O to Go. Um, and it comes with a bullet vibrator, two stimulating lubricant samples, one jelly sample, a cleansing wipe, um, and that's $34. And it gives you kind of an introduction, like the stimulating lubricants have peppermint oil in them. So it, it's like a tingling sensation. Um, it's completely organic, but it's a really great, we get a lot of women that write in that say it helps a lot with libido because it just, it, it increases the feeling there. And so I think the O to go is really nice because for $34, you get a vibrator, three different types of lubricants. Oh, you, it gets, it comes with a condom as well. So um, there's an array of introductory products there, but I think, you know, the one thing I would say is you don't need, I, the other trend that bothers me is like, you don't need a $200 vibrator in order to masturbate and have an orgasm. Um, I think that a lot of the, the vibrators that are out there are really overpriced and almost like predatory in a way, because they look like, I guess, glamorous to me, they look kind of tacky, but that's just my opinion, but, but they're marked up so much and they don't do anything differently than any of the stuff out there that you would, that you would see usually. So don't feel like you need to spend that much money in order to give yourself permission to masturbate. You can get an $18 bullet vibrator and it will do the same thing as some $200 thing with all the whistles and gadgets. I mean, not for everybody, people have different needs, but generally speaking. Yeah, I would 100% second that actually. Um, through my own self-pleasure like journey, I have gone and bought a lot of very expensive vibrators and most of them, maybe bar one or two, have been a waste of money. Like, yeah. A lot of them actually don't do as much as you'd think you were paying for like, you know, 200 quid. Um, and there are some great brands out there that, you know, it makes sense, but you don't need a kind of 24 karat gold vibrator to no. rocks off in a great way. Um, and you certainly shouldn't be paying, you know, upwards of 200 pounds for it or dollars in your case. Um, yeah. No, I fully agree with that. Polly, thank you so, so oh much. Yeah. It's been yeah. such a pleasure, no pun intended, to talk to you today. Um, and you've given us so much food for thought and I really, really can't thank you enough. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for joining us for the first ever episode of Really Wellness. Next week, we are going to be delving into the subject of pleasure a little bit further with business, pleasure and spirituality coach, Juliet Lippmann. And we're going to be focusing on pleasure outside of the bedroom and how pleasure can transform our lives more broadly and our health and our happiness. Um, looking forward to, to having you join me next week um, and I hope in the meantime you have a beautiful week ahead.